1: Alante here. Before I start this week's episode, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this audio blog. Blackening Grad School was created to encourage and empower women and people of color to and through the grad school journey. Enjoy! Hello, hello, it's Alante again with another audio blog of Black and in Grad School. And today I have um, my mentor, just an amazing, amazing scholar of color, um, who I had the pleasure of meeting like six or seven years ago when I was um, in undergrad. And I was still kind of figuring out where I wanted to go. To grad school, what I wanted to do, and I had the pleasure of um, meeting Dr. Henderson, and he gave me a shot, and I wouldn't be to this, I wouldn't be in this position I'm in now um, if it wasn't for Dr. Henderson. So I'm so grateful that I got to meet him and that he's agreed also to share his story. So welcome, Dr. Henderson.
2: Hello, thanks for having me. I'm excited
1: about yeah, this. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean too. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I' here to say like my first real adult guest. everyone else has been like other students. so I'm really excited um, to get this conversation going. And wow. so um, first, if you just can share with like people your background as far as you know, what you study, where you went, and kind of what you're up to now.
2: Okay, great. Um, so when people ask me this question, I always have to start in North Carolina. Uh, with my up, upbringing. I won't give you the long detailed story, but I have to start with my family. Um, I come from a you know a, a strong family, and I think it was my family support that kind of set the tone for the accomplishments or the things that I've accomplished so far. So I grew up in Kenston, North Carolina, have a large extended family. When I tell you I know fourth and fifth cousins, I know them, and I'm about to be sixth cousins soon. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I, I grew up under this, uh, the... You know how people say it takes a village to raise a child. I really had that in Kenston. Um, my aunts and uncles, I remember one of my aunts used to check my homework when I came home from school and every problem had to be correct before I could go outside and play.
1: Lord.
2: And so, yes. <laughs> and when I rushed, I mean, she would just make me start over. And <laughs> so so all of that laid the foundation for for uh, excellence, expectation of excellence in my life. But anyways, um I had the opportunity to attend North Carolina School of Science and Math as a 10th, I mean, as an eleventh and twelfth grader, and from there, um, when I was at at School of Science and Math, I really fell in love with chemistry. Even before that, um, I fell in love with chemistry, and I had the opportunity to attend Morehouse College. They came for a recruitment visit at our high school, and um, I was accepted there. Um, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central. And I thought I was going to be going to North Carolina Central because I didn't have enough um, funding to go to Morehouse. But uh, the folks from there called me one day. I remember I was at school and they're like, are you coming? And I said, no, I don't have enough money. So about 20, the guy from admissions said, hey, I'll call you back. About 20, 30 minutes later, he called me back and they had a full tuition and full room and board scholarship available for me um, through the NASA um, Ronald McNair program or whatever. And so, That's how I ended up at Morehouse, Um, but it was a part of a dual degree engineering program. So three years at Morehouse, two years at an engineering school. Most people chose Georgia Tech because it was right there. But me being from North Carolina, I was like, you know what? I want to get the best of both worlds. I'm going to Morehouse, and then I'm going to go back home and go to A&T.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) And uh, that that was amazing. I was like, I could be closer to my family. And uh, that really helped me get uh, closer to a lot of my relatives. And again, I got to A&T and there were cousins there there that I didn't even know went there. <laughs> People were like, I met your cousin. I saw your cousin. I'm like, who are you talking about? But <laughs> um, so that was that was real cool. But um, on to the graduate school part. When I was at A&T, my mentors there at A&T, strong mentors, um, they, they really pushed me and they knew that I wanted to teach. And so as it relates to um, teaching on the collegiate level, they said, well, you know, you're going to have to go to graduate school. And so um, I ended up applying to University of Maryland, Baltimore County, uh, Georgia Tech, Illinois. And I didn't really know Illinois was as special as people say it is until I started telling my professors that I, I thought about applying there. Um, I had only heard about Illinois because of a fellow Aggie. Uh, she went there for the architecture program. And um, I had the opportunity to visit with her up there. And it was in October of that year that I went to visit. And um, when I went there, it was a cool place. We had fun. We, we did a lot of things on campus. And I said, hey, I'll apply here. And, but the way my professors at Illinois, I mean, at A&T were acting like, oh, man, you should really go there if you get in. You know, I said, like, oh, there's something to this. <laughs> so I applied, got in, had the opportunity to go visit the school again and just kind of set my heart on it. And, and, and yeah, I ended up there for grad school. So I hope that that's bits and pieces of the story.
1: For sure. My next question is, where are you now?
2: Oh, OK. Great. Um, so um, I spent, before now, I spent six years teaching at Illinois after I graduated. That's mm. kind of rare. Most people don't hire the people that went to grad school at their same university. Um, but I ended up teaching there as a lecturer. Um, <clears throat> Um, in the chemical engineering department. And I also served half time for about two years in the mechanical engineering department as um, education outreach coordinator for the nanotechnology center there. Um, so now I'm at the University of Houston. I was looking for a career move, a change. I got really, uh, to be honest, I got tired of the cold. And yeah. you know, the more you become an adult, it's small things like that, that play a role or impact into your decisions. And I was tired of the cold weather. Um, I thought I wanted to be closer to home, but Houston, Texas, is definitely uh, far away from home. But <laughs> but the opportunity was great, so um, I landed opportunity once again. I applied for jobs at University of Maryland, College Park, an uh, offer from University of Maryland, Baltimore County, um, and then offer from here at uh, University of Houston, and decided to come here. So. This, I've been here a year and a half now, whoa! and it's been an amazing, just, uh, I don't even know how to describe, it's just been an amazing experience, and many doors have been opened and opportunities, and I'm really making a mark here amongst yeah. faculty, staff, as well as the students.
1: Yeah, seriously.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm teaching as a part of the first year engineering program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also teach chemical engineering classes because that's my background, and when they found out I was here um, teaching, the chemical engineering department asked me to teach courses for them as well. Um, And then the dean of the college appointed me this past June as the director of the program for mastery in engineering studies. And that's essentially the minority engineering program. That's what it was when it was founded in 1974.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Dr. Henderson is still being humble because he was recently won a million, not one, earned a million dollar grant for his program um, that we'll talk about a little bit more. And he was just um, awarded the STEM leader award. Okay. The inspiring leaders in STEM awards. And it's because of all the work that he's done, Um, began at Illinois and now does at University of Houston. And so if you want, we can switch over to to that. And like, how did you get involved in community outreach? And what about your experience as a graduate student and in academia and motivated it?
2: Oh, okay. Um, Great question. again, you know, growing up with the community mindset of always reaching back, always giving back, you know, I just saw that as something that we're all supposed to do and it's necessary. So I knew that I was going to be giving back in some way. I mean, it started, you know, at church, like just adopting kids at the church, teaching them about science, whether they wanted to hear it or not. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. uh, my, my fraternity brothers, um, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, by the way. But um, when I was in Champaign, uh, challenged me to start a program that was in line with one of our national initiatives. It was called the A-M-A-N, A A Man Program. Um, And a big component of, of that program was STEM. And so we did a STEM program there in the community in Champaign at one of the elementary schools and from there, we expanded to the Don Warrior Boys and Girls Club, where one of the um, one of our fraternity brothers was the uh, the chief executive officer there at 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 the time. And so, um, there he challenged me to bring a program to the Boys and Girls Club, and it was a really successful program called the Benjamin Banneker Program. And when I tell you the Benjamin Banneker Program helped me get through grad school, because when I had those trying days, those tough days in the lab research. You know, data wasn't as well as good as I expected it to be, etc. I would go to this um, Boys and Girls Club and see these kids, and they would just, you know, they started calling me Mr. Banneker. (laughs) Um, That was the name of the program. They are like, Mr. Banneker's here, you know, and so it was just really exciting to know that what I was doing was impacting so many lives. And of course, um, the parents would, would definitely let us know, like, hey, you know, this program is helping my child. They come home and talk about this. They want to go in the kitchen and mix up chemicals and things like that. And so um, it's just kind of always been a part of my life. um, Mm -hmm. The outreach component. For sure. Yeah. And so from there, um, Boys and Girls Club helped initiate and inspire the program that you spoke of, St. Elmo Brady STEM Academy. And St. Elmo Brady STEM Academy is named after St. Elmo Brady, who was the first African-American male um, to earn a PhD in chemistry. He actually graduated from the University of Illinois. And so in the chemistry building there, there stands a poster of him. And as a grad student, I would walk by this poster. And, you know, I remember the first time reading it. I remember the 10th time reading it as a source of inspiration for me. Like, hey, brother, I can get through this. (laughs) And, you know, it's so interesting, which I'm sure you've talked about in your podcast, probably many of the issues and and, uh, microaggressions and, um, the probably the way he felt in the early 1900s are some things that we still experienced, you know, in the in the 2000s when we right. were at Illinois. And so, just reading that poster about him being a trailblazer in chemistry um, helped me as a chemical engineering grad student. So, decided to name the program after him. And um, yeah, there we have it. <laughs> Let me know if I'm leaving out stuff or if you want more.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: It's so much.
1: Yeah, it is. Like Dr. Henderson, you just—you just so amazing. That's why. Oh wild.
2: Lord, <laughs> appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I just, I just try to try to be excellent in everything I do. Yes,
1: yes. That's and right. I think it, I think it speaks. Um, it it's very evident, and I, I can say that you know from our the experiences I've had with you, um from the uh, nanosim, which is what you spoke to earlier, the nanoscale chemical engineering, chemical, electrical, mechanical manufacturing systems um, outreach, is that, that was what you were doing, right? With yeah. yeah. And so that's how I met Dr. Henderson. They had a, a research experience for undergrads, also known as RU, and I applied for like some other RU and didn't get in. And Dr. Henderson sent me an email like, do you want to come to Illinois to do this program? And and that really um, gave, made that, that pivot for me. And so when I met him, um, he just always was like a, a, a source of inspiration and also just like a really great resource and reminder of how important it is to like remain involved in my community. And even the things that you said, you spoke to like how being involved actually, you know, helped you through the through some of those tougher days in graduate school,
2: oh, and, absolutely.
1: yeah, and was almost served as like a a, a way for you to, you know, um, what I'm looking for, like a, a, a almost its own support and and release for navigating graduate school. Do you think?
2: Absolutely, um, I I feel like there were times I would go, you know, be just kind of down or you know, out or depressed even um, mm-hmm. about grad school and the challenges. Um, but then you go and you see these kids, they're just so excited and um, inspired by your life. And so I always tell people, I said, I didn't get the um, the degree. The Ph.D. wasn't just for me. <laughs> I said it was for my mama, my family, my community, the children coming after me, you know. Um, and, and so that was always a source of inspiration for me. Like, okay, I got to complete this because, um, first of all, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. One of my favorite quotes, you know, uh, but then, you know, I, I want to become a giant so other people can stand on my shoulders.
1: Mm. Powerful.
2: Hey
1: family, taking a quick break from this week's episode, To share the April workshop entitled how to get through grad school. A lot of people assume graduate school is just like undergrad but just a little bit more work. Nah bruh that ish is the furthest from the truth. There are a lot of unspoken rules about navigating graduate school that a lot of us just really don't know and we don't even know that we don't know right isn't that like the worst. So Hopefully you'll join me on April 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to learn what those unspoken rules are and some tools and skills that you should know and have so that you can navigate stressful situations that arrive in graduate school because unfortunately y'all it's gonna happen. If you're interested in learning about the workshop or joining the workshop text the keyword grad school to 345 345 and you'll be sent a link to sign up. Again, that's keyword grad school as one word to 345-345 to sign up. I'm looking forward to talking to you then back to the episode. Powerful. So how do you leverage your position now um, to for more community involvement in in the academic like space?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Great question. Um, It's really interesting because, um, and it's challenging because my work, although I'm an engineer, I don't do traditional engineering laboratory research anymore. And we can talk, you know, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, We might touch on it tonight, but um, my research is in engineering education. It's an up and coming field. Um, In fact, across the country, various universities are now starting to add engineering education departments. And so um, by doing this this type of research, I'm able to incorporate my, my um, what would you call it? Um, my commitment to give back to the community into my research. So maybe starting a program in some underserved community, but not just starting the program, also adding a research component. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the efficacy of the program or the impact that the program is having on the families or the children. And so I've been able to leverage that, um, leverage it in that way. And then by being the director of this program for mastery in engineering studies, there are a number of student organizations that fall under my umbrella, such as National Society of Black Engineers, Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, MIES, um, uh, what else? We have SWE, Society of Women Engineers. And so where I can't physically be, places these other student groups can go out into the community and push forward a vision uh, to give back to the community. So that's been really cool and powerful, and I'm excited about tonight. Um, after I leave from here, our um, Nesby, Ship, and Sweet chapters are having a, a combined meeting, which, which is the first ever here on this campus that they've combined. But you know, we're serving the same populations of students. And um, they, they all have this mindset of giving back. So um, and then so to answer your question, I guess, in a couple of sentences is I've tried to incorporate my research interest and my desire to give back to the community um, in as one. And then also in my classroom, I try to incorporate it by um, encouraging my students to get involved, whether it be through their student orgs or through opportunities that I offer them
0: yeah
1: that's awesome and what about like on in the if you care to share like in your interactions with your colleagues so not everyone thinks that yeah. um uh, you know community outreach is you know important everyone doesn't prioritize it so do you how, how did you how do you navigate that space?
2: Oh, very. Oh, man. You you ask great questions. Wow. So so what we did is or what I continue to do. And when I say we, I talk about my research group. Um, mm-hmm. We provide avenues for faculty who maybe that's not on their priority list. But if they're mm-hmm. applying to a National Science Foundation um, for a grant, um, they have to include broader um, impact. Sure. And they need some type of community outreach component. And so I've kind of branded myself as the 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 thinker in that space. And so yeah. all of them will run ideas by me or ask me about program evaluation for STEM programs or ask for my thoughts and ideas or ask me to be on their proposals. Right. Yeah. So I've just kind of made myself in or provided avenue for them to do outreach where, like I said, they don't want to create a whole program, but I could say, Hey, we've already got this established. You would, would you like to plug in so you can mm-hmm. put this in your career award proposal or for your, your grant that's coming up. And, um, and so in that way, I'm able to reiterate that broadening particip This is, the, the terminology that National Science Foundation uses, I'm able to say broadening participation in engineering. I guess that's mm-hmm. a pol- politically correct way of saying we need more blacks and Hispanics and women in, in engineering. <laughs> um, I'm able to say, hey, broadening participation in engineering is is important.
1: Nice. So, so that that's I just that's amazing. Like the fact that you've positioned yourself you know, in your career as that person where you can either do consulting to yeah. help your colleagues um, or, you know, make some way tagging into your programs you already have established and enriching your programs by providing, you know, more um, diversity to your students that are particip- or students, And when I say that, I mean, participants in your programs. Um, that's great. Like, yeah. that's, yeah,
2: that's great! So wow, I want to give you an example. Um, we had a faculty member whose research is polymers, mm-hmm. and you know they wanted to participate in one of the after-school programs, um, for the the Brady program to be mm-hmm. exact. And I said, so this is what we're going to need to do: we we will meet, and we're going to create three days worth of lesson plans related to your research, but they must be teachable <laughs> to fourth and fifth graders, right. and then they must be hands-on. And they got their grad students together and came up with one of my favorite uh, lesson plans about polymers, um, wonderful three-day lesson plan. And we talk about also um, the life cycle of polymers. And we were able to do a nice little project on recycling. And so the innovation is there when, when we just challenge these people to think about um, how they can teach these topics. And more and more, um, especially younger faculty, are starting to see, And and, and I will just say chemical engineering especially. Um, because you know, that's the folks that I work with most often are starting to see the importance of outreach and the importance of broadening participation in engineering. So, awesome.
1: that's great. So, yeah. um, and this is it kind of came up when we were talking, but like how well, I was thinking about it. So, as a professor, um, you know, at a PWI and a man of color, like it, I would imagine, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that you know, it's almost like you have an additional low, right? We have to, you have to, you know, of course perform as a professor and in your, in your, in your professional, um, position, but also being a mentor, you know, I'm sure (laughs) myself and a lot of other students, you know, look to you for support beyond the classroom.
2: Yeah.
1: So, I don't know like what the makeup of Houston's, you know, um, engineering faculty is, but I I, I feel like it's safe to guess you're probably, (laughs) you know, so like how do you balance that with, you know, your professional obligations, then your own personal life, you know, and, and again, being that source for
2: so many people. Oh, wow. Once again, I'm going to have to write you down as the ultimate question asker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's powerful. Um, I think it wasn't until I moved here at the University of Houston that I, I really um, took efforts to make sure um, I kept those areas, I guess I would say in buckets of their own.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I'm intentional about having a life, a personal life outside of work now, which I probably wasn't at Illinois. Mm-hmm. I'm intentional about serving as a mentor. I'm intentional about my career progress and progression. Um, and and so um, I guess to get back to the, the heart of your question, um, rephrase the question again. So first part, I'm intentional about making sure I have a, um, have time for all of those, but I want to make sure I don't lose the essence of your question. Go back to it.
1: Oh, I was just asking, like, you know, I just assume I'm asking, is there an additional, I don't want to use the word burden, but like, you know, you have to have almost like more capacity because I'm sure there are a lot of students who rely on you beyond your classroom um, and your professional obligations. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I talked to many faculty of color, um, engineering college of education across the country, and they say the same thing. Another challenge is we're always asked to serve on committees. Um, right. To represent right. that, that voice of diversity. Right. And so we have to say no sometimes, but, <laughs> um, yeah, so I was at the Nesby break, uh, fall banquet here on campus and, and the MC, um, they had it m- during my birthday weekend, and so I decided that I would go to the banquet. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the MC, one of the students, he says, you know, we just want to recognize our advisor. He's our brother, our uncle, <laughs> our father, you know what I mean? And so I-, I think that that is a representation of what the expectation has been of these students. I've had, especially my um, African-American students, they, have like, hunted me down. Like, hey, I heard you were here. I wanted to see who you were. Mm -hmm. Um, I Mm -hmm. heard there was somebody called Dr. J here. Is that you? You know, just like seeking me out. But um, I count it as a privilege. Yeah. You know, um, some of my students have my phone number. That's different than at Illinois. Um, Mm -hmm. These kids will text me about personal life and and things. And again, I, I just count it as a privilege. And they also know that, If I don't answer, give me time. I'll get back with them. For sure. And so um, I have, like I said, here since I've been in Houston, I have been more intentional about um, leaving work at work. And so when I go home, it is my relaxing space. I may work from home every now and then um, or work at home every now and then. But whereas at my, my previous institution, it was kind of the expectation that you're working all the time. I don't do that now. Like when I leave here at nine o'clock tonight, I'm not answering anybody's emails. Um, And my colleagues, actually, some of my younger colleagues helped me. um, One of my uh, Caucasian colleagues, uh, she put in her syllabus, expect an email from me during normal business hours and maybe on the weekends. And I was like, what? You put that in your syllabus? I'm going to follow suit, (laughs) you know? Um, but, But yeah, yeah, I think and you speak to our college of engineering, there are two um, African-American faculty in our college. There's me and then Dr. May, she's over in bioengineering. And so, you know, we do have that extra, if you, like you said, maybe burden, but I, again, I count it as a privilege to be here. And one of the reasons I'm at a place like University of Houston, and why I was at a place like Illinois, because I feel like students that look like me, um, need to see me, need to see me succeeding. need to see me um achieving uh, great things and so hey uh what do they say half full or half empty half full in my book
1: yeah absolutely that's why i was like i didn't really want the word burden really wasn't yeah, the i proper, you. word, you know but it was like that's the way it but it's still more you know like it's like an additional um obligation yeah, so yeah. that was great
2: yeah. Like, you know, I know many of my colleagues aren't thinking about mentoring students. They're going to do it in the classroom. They're going to get their research grants and they're going to keep it moving.
1: Right. 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 Um, well, I know you have like another event tonight. And so I want to at least um, respect your time. So I only have two more questions. Yeah, that's how I um, the oh, Thank you. The last one. Uh, the last real question is like, do, is there any advice you have for current um, graduate school, graduate students of color? Um, especially as someone on the other side in academia. I think um, a lot of people now, like in my, now that I'm back in school, it seems like everyone's now like trying to figure out some alternative to academia Yeah. uh, because it just seems like it's over for us. Like, nope, once I'm done, I'm not going to be able to get it. I don't think that, but a lot of people, you know, are, are feeling that sentiment. So someone who kind of did it the way that, most people imagine doing it. You know, what advice do you have?
2: Gotcha. Um, one of the things I learned later on, you know, when they talk about um, hindsight is twenty twenty. 20 um, okay. I think really taking opportunities to meet with yourself, right? Um, and laying out what you want your career to look like. The fact of the matter is, because you are pursuing that master's or that PhD, um, they're not going to ever be very many people like you. And you do have the opportunity to shape what your career will look like. I mean, you may have to be creative and, and, and do non-traditional tracks. Like I was determined not to do a postdoc. I said, no, I'm tired of this. <laughs> and so I had to do some things differently. And many people that w- went before me, they were like, you know, you should be going for a postdoc. But I said, I'm, I can't. I, I was burnt out. Yeah. Um, so that's why I decided to, to work at the uh, at NanoSIMS, because I needed something different. And so, you know, one piece of advice is take that opportunity to, to shape. Also, you know, this graduate school journey is supposed to be mentorship. So try your best to develop a relationship with your um, advisor. Mm-hmm. Let them know. And, you know, all advisors aren't great mentors, but let them know what your career goals are. And, I mean, you know, that whole notion about who you know uh, versus what you know, that still exists. And my advisor is the one that put me onto the job at NanoSIMS because he was affiliated with that center. And he knew that the opening was coming up and he knew that I wanted to teach and he knew that I, I enjoyed outreach. He knew that I didn't care if it took me six and a half years to graduate versus, you know, some people that were getting out of there in five, you know. So um, I guess the challenge is really discovering what uh, makes you what makes you happy. Um, I might be off to the left a little bit on this question, but (laughs) my mom and them always used to say, you know, find a career that that you love and. Um, I can't express that enough. Every morning when I wake up, I'm jumping up like, yeah, let's go. Let's go solve some problems. Let's go uh, teach a class. You know, let's go encourage some students. Let's go write a grant proposal. So um, working towards that and just realizing, like, that grad school experience is temporary. Like, you're not going to be in grad school forever. Mm -hmm. So you may have to sacrifice a little bit more. And you're looking at your colleagues that graduated and went straight to work and they're balling out, especially as engineering majors. Right. They're buying homes. They're getting married. They're uh, what else are they doing? They're traveling the world. And you like, Lord, I got to go to this lab one more time. But (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, 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 just um, just understand it's 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 temporary and that delayed gratification. You'll get it at, at some point you know i'm happy to talk to people offline you know you can share my uh, contact information i yeah. actually love talking to people and hearing their stories as well so
1: awesome thank you dr henderson oh my gosh like just <laughs> hearing your story you know not like i was familiar i didn't have as much background i didn't know as much of your background as i got to learn today but oh, like cool. you are so amazing and like i'm just over here like like man dr henderson is so dope like <laughs> Oh wow! Goals, um, hashtag goals for sure. Um, and then just to hear you speak, just I can like I feel the energy of like how much you love what you do, and that just it, it. I can tell when I I can't see him by the way, y'all. Like I don't I don't see Dr. Henderson right now, but I can feel it, and I hope you all can as well. Like oh, Dr.
2: Henderson, that's what's up. You you, I mean, thank you. It's it's encouraging to hear. And like you know you don't do whatever you do for accolades
1: right exactly you exactly that's why it's like you operated excellent just off the strength like just amazing so um last piece right. um, like i told you i have a section i, I call a lesson kind of <laughs> on the hilarious talking to you to tell you about it but <laughs> if you can share um one of the songs that motivate you um now or when you were in school so the people can maybe add it to their playlist.
2: Jeez, a lot. <laughs> the one question I didn't get a chance to think about, right? Um, I love music. I write music, right? <laughs> um, I'm actually trying to learn the guitar at this point. I play keyboard instruments though, and um, the issue is I don't study other people's songs, right? <laughs> so I can barely tell you lyrics. Um, gotcha. I can barely tell you, you know. So you gonna have to give me an example and then I can tell you if I like it or not, right? <laughs> um Um let's see. What's a good one? Yeah, I don't know. I like all the all the new trap music though. Um it's fresh. But again, song titles.
1: It's okay. So like
2: couldn't even get you there.
1: One song that I, I didn't, I never included, but like, oh, maybe I did. I don't know. I didn't. It was like Motorsport by Migos and Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Uh-huh. And, uh, she says like, why hop in some beef when I could hop in a Porsche? Which <laughs> I do, you know, why be angry or spend energy on something that's not useful to my to my time. Okay. okay. <laughs> so that, that's how I translate these lessons from the trap. Um, Is like, okay, like obviously I don't really have issues with beef and nor do I, you know, I am a meager graduate student, so nothing near a Porsche, but like I could be spending my time either enjoying my life or or being more productive than, you know, focusing on something petty. So that's kind of uh, an example. Yeah. That's yeah. you know, no pressure, that's it's pressure. okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't even begin. I don't know the titles of these songs, and it sounds like the ones I like are more ratchet than that. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about I'll Rake It Up, and I'm like, no, ain't no lesson in that.
1: It's <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, you can be like, um, I'm think of Rake It Up, like, well, actually, I did do Rake It Up actually on, um, like my second or third episode, which one? right so in the second verse he says um he's like oh you know oh all I, they like some people gossip on twitter and social media and waste all their time being again like petty on social media yeah. but he's like we don't do that we focus on our goals hit our target like, yeah yes we, we hit our target there you go dr henderson
2: hey,
1: hey. Oh. Just, dr henderson's lesson from the
2: trap there you go We just
1: hit our target like um, that um that yep, yeah, you got it. That's perfect.
2: So we don't know fussing and fighting on social media. We just hit our target. There you go. I like it. I'm incorporating that into my when I go do my, my speeches and my talks.
1: There you go. There you go. And they'll like be like, oh, he's so more relatable because I met Dr. Henderson right. I think you just finished your program when I met you. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like a, Dr. Henderson is still very young. So it's like just seeing him in the room is also like great, like even when I met Dr. Henderson, so like, you can call me Jay or Dr. Jay, and I was like, oh no, I'm putting the whole handle on it <laughs> just because I'm just so happy to see a young black man with a PhD. So like, even though <laughs> I've known him for you know quite a quite some time, it's just like I'm just happy I could call you.
2: Hey, hey, I appreciate it, and uh, you you've encouraged me tonight, so
1: thank you. Thank you. You, you definitely encourage some people. Um, that that's it for this episode thank you so much for taking some time right. out share your story and i hope that everyone got something good from it
2: all righty have a good night
1: hi alante again i really want this project to be a resource for my fellow people of color and women in grad school so if you have any questions or requests for topics shoot me an email at alante at strengths dot com that's A-L-L-A-N-T-E at StrengthsNotStrikes.com. Please remember to subscribe and review and share with your other friends in grad school.
0: Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.